0: Tonight we're going to take a break from our Victim to Victor series. We're going to reflect on the Christmas story. I don't think that we can pause enough uh, to consider uh, the birth of Christ. I was going to preach on God's unspeakable gift, but somebody stole that from me. I'm uh, just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <clears throat> but, you know, we've we're been talking about from victim to victor, and since victory is possible only because of Christ, another look at the Christmas story is certainly profitable for us. So let's look at the Word of God as we consider this thought, the day of the Savior's birth. The day of the Savior's birth. Look with me, and keep your Bible open, but look with me at Luke chapter number 2 and verse number 11. Luke chapter 2, verse number 11. I'll tell you what, why don't you read along with me. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Let's read it again. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. The day of the Savior's birth. Heavenly Father, I pray tonight that you would... Uh, Speak to our hearts and help us with what we need. Help us to keep our focus on You. Lord, we certainly are thankful for Christ. Certainly are thankful for this time in the season when it seems that the world takes pause uh, to think about Christmas. And we know that there are so many uh, that miss the point of the holiday. But I pray that every single day our minds would be on Christ and Not only his birth, but his life, his death, his resurrection. Lord, his ascension back and his soon coming again. And I am so thankful, Lord, that you love us, that you care for us. And I pray that you'll help us as we walk through the word tonight. And I pray for each and every one that's here. Lord, we think of the many that can't be here tonight. And we pray for them as well. We love you. We thank you. Bless our time in Christ's name. Amen. So we're going to walk through this text together. So rewind your eyes back to verse number 1. And we're going to start there. And we're going to notice some things about the this day of verse 11. So, some things that I just want to draw your attention to this evening. Number 1 is this. It was an ordinary day. It was an ordinary day. Look at verse 1. And it came to pass in those days doesn 't say it was anything out of the ordinary uh, that day, and just like December the twentieth hits our calendar every single year, so also did this day, just like the years before. nothing seemed different about this day, so number one, it was an ordinary day. Number two, is that overdrive enough for you there, brother Robert? <clears throat> number two, there was an ordinary decree. An ordinary decree. So it was an ordinary day, but look at verse 1 again. It came to pass in those days, there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. It was an ordinary decree. You say, what? Yes, tax time. Isn't that exciting? (laughs) Y'all glad you came to church tonight? You're like, preacher, it's Christmas. Yeah, I want you to think, you know, what, what day is our tax day? The rest of you don't know, but some of you did, and that was good. Tax time. It rolls around every year. Guess what? Just like clockwork. Yep. Sure. Luke even makes sure to tell us that this ordinary decree, that, that the decree was ordinary. Um, it was nothing new. Look at verse 2. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. See, so this wasn't just a new thing that came along. It was an ordinary day. It was an ordinary decree. Woohoo, another beautiful day to have another bill due. <clears throat> Number three. We see it an ordinary duty. An ordinary duty. Verse three. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own. City. You say, what, what is he saying there? He's saying this, I owe, I owe, it's off to pay, I go. Everybody went. Do, do, you, do you see that? So this is ordinary business as usual life. It's an ordinary day. They, they have an ordinary decree. They have this ordinary duty. Number four, there's an ordinary destination. Verse four. And Joseph also went up from Galilee. Notice what that says. And Joseph also. So there were others that went as well. It wasn't just him. Out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. Now I want you to see this. There was nothing special about this for Joseph and Mary. It was ordinary life. They were going along with the ordinary routine. Now you say, but preacher, Mary knew and Joseph knew. I know that. But to the world, it was an ordinary day. Number five, there was an ordinary delivery. An ordinary delivery, verse six. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. Here we're talking about the natural process of childbirth. I don't need to tell you tonight, but Mary was not the first woman to give birth. And certainly she was not the last. But this was no ordinary child. This was no ordinary circumstance. This was no ordinary day. Number six, an obvious difficulty. An obvious difficulty. Verse 7. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. What a wonderful place to give birth, right? Unsightly, unsavory, unsanitary, unsettling. But never let your difficulties distract you from God's design. When it seems nothing is working, when it seems that everything is going wrong, might I remind you that God is still at work and everything will be all right. More about that in just a minute. But now the story shifts the focus for a moment. Number seven is an ongoing diligence. So we leave out of verse seven that... Joseph and Mary have now come to Bethlehem and there wasn't anywhere uh, for them to go. So guess what? They, uh, she had her child and Had to wrap him in those clothes, in swaddling clothes, those strips of fabric and had to put him in a manger. There wasn't any room. So there's that difficulty and that's where we leave them for a moment and the scene changes. Number seven, an ongoing diligence, verse number eight. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. While Mary and Joseph were facing their obvious difficulty, the rest of the world was going on with regular life. These shepherds were where they were supposed to be. They were doing what they were supposed to be doing. Uh, They were exactly in the spot they needed to be, having their own ordinary day, doing their ordinary duty with their ordinary dependability. But that was about to change. Number eight. An overpowering display, an overpowering display, verse nine, and lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. Now, you just stop with and think with me for a moment. that had to be a bit disturbing. Would you not agree? Here are these shepherds, they're out in the field, they're watching the sheep, it's dark. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, comes this angel and all the lights come on. It would be as unsettling for us if we're sitting here in this brightly lit building, and Matt, I should have talked with you about this before we got started, and then all the lights just go out. And then right in the middle, all you see is these glowing red eyes. (laughs) You understand, there was no advance warning. It was not printed in the newspaper the day before. There was no countdown. It just happened. The glory of the Lord came suddenly and spectacularly and surely it shook the shepherds. When it says they were sore afraid, you talk about your knees turning into jello. Let me say it this way. Probably that was so shocking that some undergarments would have required changing. That set the stage for you? This was a startling experience. It was no longer an ordinary day for them. Number nine, I want you to see the overwhelming declaration. The overwhelming declaration, verse 10. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. Well, that's a good way to start. I, I mean, that's the <laughs> here they are. Ah, you're not. You weren't there. I guarantee. You. If it says they were sore afraid, I bet you one of them screamed like a girl. Got your attention on that. The angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Here it comes. Here's our verse. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. What initially distressed them became their delight. What initially terrified them thrilled their heart. Would you think with me for a moment back to the time when the light of the gospel shined in your mind and heart and for the first time you saw your sinful condition in God's pure, true light. Do you remember the horror? Do you remember the conviction? Do you remember the panic? Do you remember the fear? Oh friend, when I realized that I was a sinner on my way to a devil's hell. Life changed for me. The ordinary day all of a sudden hmm, something extraordinary happened. The unsettling truth too blinding to look at but too bright to ignore. But then The tidings of great joy were heard. You say, what were the tidings of great joy? There's a real Savior. And there's a real salvation. And it's for everyone, even for you. I'm telling you, when I realized I was a sinner, it wasn't long before it was followed up. But God so loved the world. <laughs> that he gave his only begotten son. Well, I'm so glad that God chose to love us so much that he gave his son in our place. Sure. You say, well, what's the point? Well, number ten is this an orienting demonstration. An orienting demonstration. <clears throat> Verse 12. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. Did you, did you hear that? Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying manger. And suddenly there was with the angel, a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, good will toward men. I want you to notice the difficulty for Mary and Joseph, the difficulty that they had and the disturbance for the shepherds were both by God's design to display, declare and demonstrate his divine power. You understand that God points us to His Son to bring peace to our souls and to praise His holy name. This is the purpose. This is God's plan. He loves us. He leads us. But He does not force us. He leaves it up to us to choose. So let's move on to verse 15. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven. Notice, the angels did not tell them, tell the shepherds to do anything. The angels did not ask them for anything. The angels simply came and made an announcement. The shepherds were left to make their own decision. Now they could ignore what they had seen. They could ignore what they had heard or they could respond. They could refuse or they could receive. But it was up to them to choose. So here's the meat of the message tonight. The wise choices of the shepherds on the wonderful day of the Savior's birth. Number one, You say, wait a minute, I thought we were on a no. We'll go, go back to number one. I told you we're going to OD on the introduction. Here's the message. Number one, I want you to see their wise decision. Verse 15, Came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. want well, you to know, notice there was some initiative taken here on the part of the shepherds. They were not content to just stay put and sit and ignore what they just experienced. They they did not choose to say, well, one of you put on a pot of coffee and we'll just sit around and, and bump our gums together and gossip about what we just saw and heard. We're just going to have a discussion. We'll just talk about it. No, no, no. They weren't uh, satisfied to sit and gossip. They had to set out and go. They were stirred to immediate action. The verse says, let us now go. This wasn't a wait around. This was, a, i got to go right now. Let us go now and see. There wasn't any waiting. There wasn't any delaying. It's time to get busy and get to the Savior. That was a wise decision. Oh, think back when you were lost. And you realized you were lost. And you heard the good news of the gospel. Now you could receive it. Or you could refuse it. But if you were ready to receive it, boy, there wasn't much that was going to stop you from running to the Savior. Right, Brother Chuck? Your dad didn't even have to push you out of the row. You just ran on your own. I remember, like it was yesterday, that Sunday morning service, when God reached down and showed me that I was a sinner. When that invitation time came and I stood up to sing that invitation song and I, I the, the fingerprints are probably still there in the top of the pew. I gripped the back of that pew. I wasn't going. I knew I needed to go. I knew I needed to trust Christ, but boy, I wasn't going to move. What is somebody going to say about me? What is somebody going to think about me? All of those thoughts went through my head. Here I am, 10 years old, and I'm standing probably about where Brother Carl's sitting. That's about where I was. Everybody can turn look. There's Brother Carl. Wave, Brother Carl. <laughs> And I stood there through that whole invitation time. And I was praying the wrong prayer. God, please let this service be over so I can get out of here. Whatever this is that's weighing down on me, I do not like it. You all understand. So What happened? The service ended. And I dragged out of that building carrying that burden of sin. And I sat at home all afternoon scared to death that God was going to kill me because I didn't go and get saved that morning. That's what little I knew. But I had refused. And I was trying to make deals with God. God, if you'll let me get back to church tonight and get to that next invitation time, I'll go and be saved. I told you, I didn't know a lot. I didn't realize in the moment that I could just go to my mom and dad and they they were saved. They could have took the Word of God and showed me how I could have been saved right then. Oh, I couldn't wait to get back to church. Kept going back, bugging my parents. Is it time to go yet? No, it's quarter to one. Okay time to go yet? No, it's one o'clock. Lord, please don't kill me. Is it time to go? yet? It's one Oh five. Will you stop asking? Service time came around that night and I could not, I, I could not tell you what the preacher preached that night because the whole time I was just sitting there praying, let this be the shortest message ever. Because when the first moment of that invitation hits, I'm gone. God, please don't kill me. <laughs> Jesus, please don't come back. They said you're coming back, but don't come back till I get this right. Please. I knew I was lost. I knew I needed a savior. Well, when that invitation came that night, boy, I was just out like a shot. Down to the preacher, and he said, "What are you doing here?" I said, "I got to get saved." Called one of the deacons and took me off in one of the side rooms. Deacon sat there and opens up the Bible and starts it. Romans chapter number 3 in verse 10. There's none righteous. No, not wa-. I know that. <laughs> Romans 3.23, for all have sinned. That's right. <laughs> Romans 6.23, for all have sinned. Yes. Well, the wages of sin is death and the gift of God is eternal life. I get it. He's like, I said, will you just let me pray? <laughs> well, what are you praying for? I'm on my way to hell and I need to be saved say, what happened? I prayed. You say, well, was it the prayer that saved you? Uh Uh-uh. It was just the trust and belief in Christ alone. Oh, and God did the work in my heart and adopted me into the family of God and wrote my name down in glory. What started as an ordinary day changed. Changed. What I want you to see is the shepherds made a wise decision to run to the Savior when the Lord dealt with them. Number two, I want you to see their wise doing. Their wise doing. Verse 16. Verse 16. And they came with haste. And they came with haste. They had said, let us go now and see. And they came with haste. Their decision needed no further discussion, but there needed to be a faithful diligence to do something. What they saw, what they heard, stirred in their hearts and set them to action in a hurry. They came with haste. It bothers me when somebody drags up and says, well, I might be lost. I guess maybe if you want me to pray, I could pray that prayer and make, no! You think back to your own life again, when you knew you were lost, when you truly understood that you were lost. There was a little bit, somebody lit a fire under you, so that you'd come to Christ. You say, well who was that? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. There was a short discussion, Let us go now and see. That's pretty short. There was a sure decision. There was a sudden departure. And as soon as they heard about Christ, they left the field. They dropped their cares. They dropped the affairs of this world. And they went to Jesus. If that's the case, why is it that so many choose delaying over doing? Why is it that so many... Ourselves included, friends. God still speaks to us. God still leads us. God's still drawing us. And why is so many halt instead of hastening? Number three, notice their wise discovery. Their wise discovery. Verse 16. They came with haste and found Mary. And Joseph and the babe lying in a manger now it's interesting the angels had given them some information said you'll find the babe lying in the manger. It didn't say anything about Mary and Joseph just said but that that's where you'll find the babe lying in the manger and it says they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. The decision and the doing led to the discovery. See, too many decide to delay often because they're disturbed about or doubting what they're going to find. That's foolish, not wise. Remember, the announcement had come. Verse 12, This shall be a sign unto you, ye shall find and realized the only way that they were going to find was to seek. Matthew 7 and verse 7, the Bible says, Seek and ye shall find. And in verse 8 it says, He that seeketh findeth. Understand, God did not send them on some wild goose chase. He did not send them on a scavenger hunt. And He doesn't with you or me either. They were told when to look. Verse 11, Born this day. They were told where to look, verse 11, in the city of David. They were told why to look, verse 11, a savior. They were told who to look for, Christ the Lord. They were told what to look for, the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. I don't know about you, but that's pretty specific to me. And when we choose, when we choose to not doubt His Word, when we choose to walk in the direction He gives, we too will find the discoveries wonderful. Amen. Let Him provide the when, the where, the why, the who, and the what. Just walk where He leads you to walk according to His Word and you'll find yourself wise as well. Number four. Their wise desire, their wise desire, verse 17, when they had seen it, well, how'd they see it? They, they had to seek it, and they found it, they, they went and they found it. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. Understand, it did not stop with the seeking. It did not stop with the seeing. It continues now into sharing. Remember the saying from verse 10. The angel said unto them, the shepherds, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. The private and personal announcement needed to be publicized and passed along to the whole audience for which it was intended. All people. Let me remind you tonight that God's message is true. And it needs to be told. We who have tasted are the ones who are given the privilege to do the telling. Why? Because it made a difference in my life. It made a difference in your life. You say, it what? God. He made a change in you. He made a change in me. If you're here and saved tonight, guess what? You get to share the joy of that with others. Notice... We won't take the time to dig into this. It says, They made known abroad the saying which was told them. They didn't come up with their own story. They didn't come up with their own version. All they did is repeated the good news that worked in their heart and worked in their life. You say, Preacher, I don't know how to talk to people. Just give them the Word of God. It worked in your life. It'll work in their life. Because, hey, it's the power unto salvation, the gospel, the word of God. But it doesn't stop there. Number five is this. Here's what I want you to see. Number five, their wonderful delight. Their wonderful delight. Verse 20. And the shepherds returned... Glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. They had heard the good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. They had seen with their own eyes Christ the Savior, the babe in the manger. They had now shared the good news and now they were rejoicing in the fact that the Savior had come exactly as God had said He would. The day of the Savior's birth not just to think of on December the 25th, but for you and for me to ponder every day, to partake of every day, to proclaim to others every day, and you'll find yourself glorifying and praising God every day. You know the song, I love to tell the story? Interesting thing about that song, if you look in our hymn book, what you'll find is that song appears smack in the middle of all the Christmas songs. You say, well, I, I, I see that there, but maybe you've somewhat wondered why that song is in that spot. Verse three of that song says this, I love to tell the story. Tis pleasant to repeat. That, that means I'm going to talk about it. What seems each time I tell it, more wonderfully sweet. Man, the more you talk about the goodness of God, the gooder He gets. I love to tell the story, for some have never heard the message of salvation from God's own Holy Word. And we know that verse, but I discovered here just recently there are a couple verses not in our hymn book that go with this song. And if you'll consider all that we've talked about tonight, as you listen, I'm, I'm going to read you two of them. This first one is a verse about Christ's birth. An angel brought glad tidings. Send all your fears away. For Christ your Lord and Savior is born for you this day. Then many other angels sang praise for Jesus' birth. To God on high be glory. And peace to all the earth. That's a good one, isn't it? Like, man, how come that one's not in our hymn book? I'd never, I've never heard that verse. Anybody ever heard that verse before? I didn't even know it existed. But wait, there's more. This verse deals with what we do now. The Savior of all people has brought His peace to you. Now go and tell the story, for others need it too. To every land and nation, ring out the gospel call. Proclaim that Christ is risen and grants His peace to all. I'm telling you, the more that you tell the story, your story, Of how the word of God directly impacted your life. The more you learn about God and his grace. And his love and his mercy. The sweeter, the sweeter those words become. Every day of my life that goes by. I'm more and more amazed. That God would even save me. I can understand why he would save some, you know, this one and that one and and the other one. But the more time goes by, the more I'm amazed that I'm even saved at all. But my mind draws back. Fear not. For unto you this day is born in the city of David a Savior. My goodness. Thank God for His grace. I close with this challenge as we approach yet another Christmas day on our calendar. I'm going to ask you a question, and I'm going to give you a statement, and then we'll pray. Do you long for delight in your Christian life? The last thing we looked at, number five tonight, was their wonderful delight. Maybe that's you tonight and you long for that delight in your life. Here's the statement. And you're going to find all the other four points in this statement. Make the decision to put away idleness and get busy doing something for the Lord. Discover the joy of God's truth and desire to spread the good news everywhere. Let's pray this evening.